Ladies and gentlemen, hey yo, fellas, hey, 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 fellas, fellas, I come to you today very sore. Last night was the first flag football game of the year, and I got a hip, I got a foot, I got a back, I got a neck, everything right now. There's a song for that, pause. There's a song for that, though, but everything right now is a little sore, but it's big fun, and that got me going. That got me going, rejuvenated now for this video, this final thoughts on week 10. Final thoughts for week 10 right now. Position by position, exactly where I'm going. I did a little something different this week because I'm going to be on Pat's show, Pat Mayo's show for DraftKings this week. So I prepped a different type of sheet, got a little bit more in depth, came with some more schmacks than usual, even though we're always hitting with your smacks, but even more over the top rope, right? Coming from behind, got you right there. So we're going to have even more juice in this episode for you. And all you need to do is open up your earballs, open up your eyeballs, and there's a subscribe button loft so I'll very gently tap that button. Appreciate that. Let's get right into it. Let's do it. Let's slide on into the quarterback position. So here we are at the quarterback position, and you watched my top snacks video, and if you didn't, some of you did, that's going to kind of identify where I'm thinking for a quarterback, but it's an interesting week. There's like a lack of really strong paydown options. There's not much at all. It just kind of hits the mid-6K range of statue quarterbacks with Kirk Cousins, Carson Wentz, and Matt Ryan actually having to look somewhat decent this week for most people, but probably not for me. And then it goes up top where there's just good plays, but you're going to have to pay for them on a week where we lack value. We'll see if these running backs like Dearness Johnson, maybe an Alexander Madison, maybe a Devin Singletary. We'll see if we can get some of them to pop up like it looks like we will. But even then, tough value week. But up top, you see Josh Allen here, and we can start right there. Josh Allen's an interesting one. I have him as a yes right now. He burned a lot of people. He burned 27% of my lineups last week. He burned a lot of my entry fees. Maybe like 50% of my entry fees ended up losing 70% of those bad boys first loss in about a month on DraftKings. So Josh Allen comes in here, and now he gets the Jets. Another great matchup. Another nice team total. And what was the concern? Well, they're playing, like we've said in the Stacks video, they're playing the Chiefs. The defense, our teams are playing against the Chiefs to two high safeties. It's nothing crazy, but the Chiefs just haven't seen it a lot. They're now doing that to Josh Allen, and the deep throws are lost, but they have better personnel, in my opinion. They have Cole Beasley. That is basically a zone beater. What is a zone beater? It's tight ends. It's these underneath throws. They put Steph Diggs in the slot. He had some success there, but you have to be able to do it consistently, right? And when you operate outside the pocket, a lot of stuff's not going to be there, and Josh Allen usually likes to operate outside the pocket, like Mahomes a lot of the time, and try and find something else, and it's not there, and that's when Josh Allen is throwing picks. That's when he's getting sacked, and that's when Saul drives stall. Now, this Jets defense is, I mean, Jacksonville's defense is not good. It has not been good for years, but it's actually better than what this Jets defense is trotting out there right now, which is to say something. But Josh Allen is still a solid play to me. And I think a lot of people got burned by him last week. I think Tom Brady returns to this slate. Russell Wilson returns to this slate. And I think people might start to slowly get away from Josh Allen, or at least as they get away from him more than they should here. So I'm okay to go back to Josh Allen. I will be a little bit tentative getting him into my single entry lineup because we now know, are they going to be able to beat these defenses that are going up against them? And maybe not beat them, maybe not lose 9-6 to the Jets like they did Jacksonville, but are they going to be able to consistently do it? Because the way to beat a two high is to run the ball more it's to take the short passes and if that's the case you're getting Josh Allen putting up less overall passing yards as the clock will tick and less overall big plays so that is one concern there now the next thing you have on here is Tom Brady and Tom Brady they're not going to try and play a lot of too high safeties against him because he has a lot of beaters there he has an, a Chris Goblin in the slot they can transition Antonio Brown into the slot when they want to Leonard Fournette out of the backfield is fantastic not only running the ball which he's been good with but also passing the ball so he has these quick escape routes to go get your six seven yards and he's doing it a lot he's hitting you with out routes you're seeing this non-stop from this Tampa Bay offense similar to what the Packers tried out there they're able to win over the top if they want to and if you're going to take that away they're able to run the ball and or win uh 
in front of the sticks, in front of the 10-yard line. So Tom Brady at $7,600. The only problem with Tom Brady on this slate is it's so expensive, these stacks. If you're playing Tom Brady, he's not mobile. You're definitely stacking him up in GPPs, and there's a really good chance you want to double stack him, right? It makes sense because he's not going to get the rushing yards. So I personally want to double stack almost every single one of my Brady lineups, right? I think it makes a lot of sense because he's not a mobile quarterback like a Josh Allen, like some of the guys that we have next that can steal a rushing touchdown or something along that lines from some of his pass catchers. But when you're looking at who to double stack Tom Brady with this week, I mean, Antonio Brown shed the walking boot as of Wednesday. So we have our fingers crossed that Antonio Brown can return. There's no reason to rush him back, though, based on their record and based on the fact that they want him for the postseason. Uh, Rob Gronkowski got hurt before the bye week. Let's see if they put him back out there. I would say it's going to lean towards he doesn't play, then he does play. So if that's the case, you lose both your values. You now have Chris Galvin and Mike Evans, who an average price of $7,000, you throw Tom Brady in there, an average price of $7,300, it starts to get really expensive, that stack. Again, that's why we need the Ernest Johnson. We need a punt tight end to come through for us. And you have those punt tight ends on the opposite side of that Tampa Bay stack. So I do think that Tom Brady is a very appealing option. I'm probably not putting Leonard Fournette in there to get any discounts. It's just going to mainly be the wide receivers. If it is indeed, if it is indeed Antonio Brown healthy, it's going to be Antonio Brown and Mike Evans, my favorite stack. Otherwise, I still want to double stack this thing. If Antonio Brown is out, Tyler Johnson actually starts to come into play. Tyler Johnson, probably a name that not a lot of people want to hear because two weeks ago, I think five, six, eight percent of the field ended up playing Tyler Johnson and he goes out there. He has two catches on two targets for 16 yards. Then nobody plays him the next week. And what does he do with Antonio Brown still out? Five catches, 65 yards on six targets for a guy who was like $3,200. So that's not bad. 11.5 fantasy points. And not only was he seeing those targets, he was playing 65% of the snaps in both the weeks. So that's where you can go. If there's no Antonio Brown, you can take a punt on Tyler Johnson in your double stacks. Hope he finds the end zone or has a couple nice plays like he did before the bye. Or if Antonio Brown's in, you play him. So I think that's kind of the, the conundrum, if you will, there. You keep going down. Justin Herbert's here. Justin Herbert double stacks look great. You have Keenan Allen continuing to dominate. He's going to need a lot of volume, but this is a good spot for him. And now we finally get Mike Williams lower in price. Mike Williams is not going to probably be on because he hasn't had 10 or more fantasy points in three straight games in four out of his last five games. So Mike Williams is somebody whose price point is finally dropping here. And based on that, I think you're going to see these double stacks not be as highly owned. I don't think Mike Williams is going to be highly owned. I think he might get 6%. Maybe he'll be our that one dude this week, but he's going to have massive leverage against a bad Minnesota secondary. I mean, this Minnesota secondary is getting chomped up week by week. Mike Williams has not had the same role as he had the first three or four weeks of the season. And I think that that is going to slowly change in this one. So I, I like Justin Herbert. The price point comes up on him, but the price point drops by about a grand on Mike Williams. Keenan Allen comes up barely. So it kind of balances out to an extent, but double stacks make sense here. I'm fine getting Austin Eckler into those stacks. I think that Justin Herbert is the third best stack, second best stack, depending on what you look at for Buffalo and Tampa Bay this week. Going back to another team like Buffalo struggled last week. I think Dak Prescott is still a fine play. This is probably the best game environment, like overall game environment. Tom Brady's team stacks based on how much they're throwing, depending on who's in there, the talent, those look like the best spot just to find overall points, like a team that is going to score 35 this week. I'd put my money on Tampa Bay, but the best game environment is probably Dallas and Atlanta because there's just affordable options on both sides of the ball. Amari Cooper is still in the below $6,000 range, right? You have Dalton Schultz who continues to produce. Dak Prescott is a fair price point himself at not $7,000 on a slate where there's five quarterbacks above $7,000. And one of them is actually Aaron Rodgers, who has so far this year been worse than Dak Prescott by a significant amount. We'll track the news on Tyron Smith, who missed the last game, and that allowed to get a lot of pressure to Dak Prescott, a game that was just wonky, a lot of pressure on him. It was just a weird overall game in general. They get behind big, they get behind early. Tackles were being made left and right by this Denver defense. The Denver defense basically played out of their mind. So now you're going to get Dak, CD Lamb, still a fair price point. I think this is a nice spot. In terms of runback options here, man, I mean, I was looking at this. Cordell Patterson's fine. He keeps getting you there, but he's getting you there in like 12 to 15 touches, which is always shaky, but it just keeps happening. Eventually it won't, though. Eventually that can't be sustained. Kyle Pitts, I think, is also fine. He may see a drop based on the last two weeks because he's been matched up by Stefan Gilmore and he's been matched up by Marshawn Lattimore, two of the game's better cornerbacks, and that's what's happening here. And now you're not going to have that good of a cornerback anywhere on Dallas to take that away. But Trevor 
Trevion Diggs is great. He's not a lockdown shutdown corner, at least not yet, right? He's a playmaker. He's a ball hawk. He takes risks. He's not like a lockdown guy, at least in my opinion. Again, though, he can get there as he continues to develop. I think Russell Gage is interesting. Russell Gage as a run back actually gives you some uh, cheapness, if that's even a fucking word. It gives you some affordability in your stack on eight targets last week, right? So I think that's a pretty nice spot if you're looking for cheap run backs. I would definitely be running it back. I do prefer to double stack Dak, especially in larger field stuff. And then finally, my final guess is Russell Wilson. I really like Russell Wilson this week. The problem is we just don't know what to expect here. I mean, the dude had a finger, a pin in his throwing finger. How much is that going to affect him now that it's fully healed? Is it going to be sore? All that type of stuff. Chris Carson gets activated off the IR. Uh, I don't know if he's going to play. They said he's unlikely to play this week, but then reports are saying that he's actually back at practice now as of Wednesday. So we'll see. This is a neck injury that was potentially going to end his season and career. And now he's just going to go risk it out there. So we'll see what happens. Guy's a gladiator. That's what these guys are out there. But what you end up seeing here is now if Chris Carson does play, it gives me a lot of hesitation on these Russell Wilson stacks because then they can just go right back to the slow place, slow paced game that they want to play and not have to get away from it from inefficient rushing from like Alex Collins. And then the other side of it is the, the Packers play at a very slow pace as well. They take the entire play clock. So this game can very much go under the 51 implied total. That does concern me. But if it was to work out for Russell Wilson, I mean, there's so many easy ways for it to work out. This is the cheapest you will ever see a Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett stack, right? Or if you just want to single stack it, they're all in the $6,000 range. They're all in like the mid to low $6,000 range. Russ was playing completely fine before he got hurt, averaging nearly 21 fantasy points per game. And if you take out the game that he ended up leaving early, 22 fantasy points per game, which leaves me to believe that he's about $500 on their price on this slate. DK Metcalf in a matchup and Tyler Lockett, by the way, against the Packers secondary that doesn't have Jair Alexander, that their first round pick Eric Stokes got banged up last week. And now it's Kevin King or nothing out there. Or Rashid Douglas, who's a journeyman. Yeah, this is a good spot for these guys. I do prefer DK Metcalf if you're choosing just one of them. Absolute fucking monster. But I do think double stacks are in play. Russ, DK Metcalf, and Tyler Lockett is like the cheap cheap version of what you're going to be getting a lower team total of course but the cheaper version of what you're getting in Tampa Bay with their payup options and that allows you that saved money to run it back with a Devontae Adams on the opposite side so that's where I'm looking at for those main stacks other stacks in play the Packers if you want to single stack it with Adams I do think that Ryan Tannehill versus New Orleans stacks are actually in play based on the team total uh, Kirk Cousins Ben Roethlisberger Jalen Hurts these are quarterbacks that are in play I'm just not really getting to much of them or much interest in general as we slide into the running max I'll give you a spoiler alert on wide receiver to talk about a prop that we have right now this is a $50 power play 50 bucks to win 150 if you want to there's the ticket right there but julio jones over 11 fantasy points i like julio this week believe it or not he's only ran over 25 routes once this season in the time that he did that he scored 20 fantasy points week two he's been banged up he has only played fully healthy about two games so far this year right and those two games are on 25 and 38 routes now they're in a matchup against new orleans where i don't think they'll be able to run the ball as much finally going to be in a game script i mean this tennessee team the reason julio wasn't getting there is because they're fucking beating everybody they're staying ahead and they're beating kansas city they're beating the bills they're beating the colts they're beating the rams all the good teams in the nfl or at least the good teams going into their matchups they're beating these good teams and they're staying ahead in these games and they're running the ball right so they're not actually throwing all that much Tannehill's not dropping back and throwing 30 to 35 to 40 times per game this is a environment now against New Orleans where you might get that 30 to 35 a game if they indeed come in and start to trail in this game because New Orleans can take away what they want to do on the ground so Julio over 11 fantasy points I do like that and then Deontay Johnson go get this right now they're still projecting Chase Claypool to be in on prize picks as of this recording and he's week to week he is doubtful Deontay Johnson I have for over 20 fantasy points this week and his over-unders only at 15. So go get that. Combine those together. If you use the code Sal, this is price picks. You just take the over-unders on fantasy points. They have a full board. You can just shop the full board of single stats if you want. Receiving yards, rushing yards. They have the entire board right here. You combine them all together. Whatever you want to do. If you use the code Sal, you get a free bet. 
a free bet up to $100. Deontay Johnson has had over 15 fantasy points in six out of seven games this year. Six out of seven games. Now he faces the Detroit Lions, the worst defense in the entire NFL in secondary coverage. And there's no Juju and there's no Chase Claypool. And there might not even be Eric Ebron. So all those things are factored in that weren't factored into the past five, six out of seven times he went over 15 points. That is the best prop that I'm seeing so far in the week. That is the best prop that I'm seeing in three or four weeks. Take advantage of it. Go take the over 15 fantasy points on Deontay Johnson. You go to prizepicks.com. You use the code down. You get your first bet for free up to 100 dollar ruskies there's your schmacks let's get into the running back position to the run 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 rudolph running backs we go and christian mccaffrey is going to be a strong play this guy had over 100 total yards last week in a game that didn't even seem like he was actually doing anything so cmc now is going to surely have pj walker which does not help him at all right philip walker out there but 100 yards on 18 touches in what was his quote-unquote limited performance and if the Ernest johnson is going to be a play this week it allows you to just easily get up to christian mccaffrey assuming you're not paying top dollar for your stacks whether it is that tampa bay stack then you can get mccaffrey in those other lineups Early on, it looks like McCaffrey is going to come in as some sort of leverage, which I don't know if that holds up, but it looks like the way that people are building lineups are you go to Dearness Johnson, you go up to Najee Harris, who I do have projected for more than Christian McCaffrey. But if that's the case and McCaffrey's going to be 10% on and Najee Harris is going to be 20% on, I'll take the leverage by going to Christian McCaffrey. If you're ever going to get Christian McCaffrey as a leverage play, seems pretty damn good. I'm not concerned about them being an underdog or the team total. McCaffrey's basically had that his entire career of teams just only being projected to score 18 to 20 points and being underdogs in games. That's actually what fuels his receiving game work. I would prefer Devontae. Adams at a cheaper price tag and likely higher ownership though. Dalvin Cook, he's got some stuff going on in the media. I'll be completely honest with you. I had my friends talking about it in our group chat. I just didn't keep up with it. I kind of read a blurb on it. I don't really have a comment on it. We'll see what happens. He's apparently going to play this week. If he doesn't, Alexander Madison at 4,500 is by far the best play on the slate. And then you get two stud pay down options in him and Dearness Johnson, at least based on value. But Dalvin Cook is on here as well. And Dalvin Cook right now is not picking up ownership, whether it is these reports, whether it is the exact same thing that Najee Harris is in this price range, that Devontae Adams is in this price range at a different position. I do think that Dalvin Cook and Christian McCaffrey, both these guys right now, look like leverage off of the Najee Harris price range. And I think Dalvin Cook at the end of the week probably comes in the lowest zone because people will start to realize, oh, I can go all the way up to Christian McCaffrey. People just building their lineups last second. They're going to say, I'll go to Christian McCaffrey. Oh, I'll drop down to Najee Harris in his touch count. And sandwiched in between there is going to be Dalvin Cook. Important to point out that Kamara, as of my recording of this, there might be some news and, and potential news that he's not playing this week. They're bringing in other running backs to look at him. He missed Wednesday's practice with a knee. So we'll see what happens there. They're working out other running backs like uh, Brian Hill and things like that. We keep going down. It's just it's just all these studs, right? It's Austin Eckler's on here yet again. The man who just continues to go out there and like average 20 plus fantasy points per game. He's my running back six right now. He had 11.2 fantasy points last week, which maybe keeps some people off of him, but he still saw 20 touches, right? 20 touches last week yet again. This guy's getting all the red zone work with 26 red zone touches. He's getting all the receiving work with 5.6 touches per game. Those are the money touches. It makes him a solid play. If I scroll down again to Ezekiel Elliott against in Dallas against Atlanta, a nine point favorite with a 32 team implied total. Ezekiel Elliott behind this offense vine on how well he's been playing this year. Yeah, it looks pretty damn good. I mean, last week they're down 30 to nothing and the guy still scores nearly 13 DraftKings points. Down 30 to nothing, gets pulled in the fourth quarter, right? So he basically plays three to three and a half quarters, really just three quarters in that game, and he's scoring 13 fantasy points. On pace in a game where they're trailing 30 to nothing, by the way, right? On pace in that game to score like 16 or 17 fantasy points. He's averaging 19.9 opportunities per game. He has the number one matchup, the number one matchup. Let's get this a little closer for you, beautiful people. The number one matchup of the week, offensive line versus defensive line rating wise, according to Pro Football Focus. And that is something that is actually predictive, predictive of their relative to other stats so he's getting the receiving work right he's getting the receiving work on almost four targets per game lots of routes run per game and he's getting the red zone work right now being top five in red zone touches again similar to Eckler those are the best touches he's just getting even more touches than Eckler in those areas Aaron Jones is somebody who's on this list that maybe becomes like a a question tag for me right maybe he doesn't stay as a yes just because of the fact that I do prefer Zeke Elliott a good amount more but Aaron Jones currently ownership wise you're getting Zeke picking up 15% Aaron Jones 
picking up 10%. If you want to find those ownership projections, which are massive and very important, especially for leverage, especially if you're somebody who's playing a tournament, a GBP, the million maker, a single entry, whatever it might be, you need ownership projections. Otherwise, you're just getting absolutely lapped. If you continue to get absolutely murked in these tournaments, you don't know what you're doing wrong. And there's a good chance that you just don't understand the leverage plays because you don't have ownership projections. You can check out mine down below to help you out. But yeah, Aaron Jones looks like a top five value. He's 37 red zone touches. He's four plus targets in six out of eight games when Aaron Rodgers is actually out there and playing. I will say that if you're getting these AJ Dillon touches, continuing and continuing to grow week in and week out, which is concerning. He's getting much more involved, AJ Dillon, right now, but you're still getting the money touches. You're still getting the red zone touches because he has that dual threat ability in the passing game, and you're still getting the passing game work out of Aaron Jones. And with Rodgers back, I expect that to continue. We start to see some of the final yeses on the screen, and then some other plays that I do indeed like. James Robinson and Leonard Fournette, they're in this range where I do think they're going to go under owned where they should be. And this is just the whole theory of lineup construction. Whether it is Dearness Johnson continuing and looks like he's going to play, I haven't seen anybody te test positive on Tuesday like Nick Chubb and Felton, then actually go out there and play. And if you get that value in Dearness Johnson, I think a lot of people are going to pay for Dearness Johnson, and I think they're going to pay up at running back, right? They're going to pay up to Dalvin Cook, Najee Harris, they're going to pay up to Christian McCaffrey. And if that's the case, a lot of people play wide receivers in the flex these days because I do think it makes a lot of sense for their ceilings and GPPs. I also agree with that. People are stacking up a lot of the time in flexes or in stacks, so it takes up more wide receiver spots naturally. So what I think that leaves you is people are going to pay boom or bust. They're going to go stars or scrubs, Dearness Johnson, pay up at running back, and it's going to hollow out the mid-range. And the mid-range, for the most part, we're talking like the five and six game range, isn't great, but these two fellas are in that range. James Robinson, who did not practice on Wednesday, but they're expecting him to be back this week, and Lenny Fournette. Lenny Fournette, 17 and a half opportunities per game. Looking absolutely fantastic, right? He didn't have over 17 fantasy points his last time out, but in the previous four games before that, he had over 17 fantasy points. James Robinson, right now, in games where he's actually healthy and not leaving early, he's seen 20 opportunities in each of his last four games and he's going to come into a situation where he's going to run a lot of routes and probably have a nice spot to play from behind at 10 and a half which means more targets so Fournette and Robinson I would probably lean right now as it is Fournette if you're not playing a Tampa Bay stack I'm not going to stack them up there but these guys I think come in with a little bit less ownership I'll pull up my ownership projections right now to reference it I currently have James Robinson coming in at eight percent projected ownership the injury status makes him murky and Leonard Fournette coming in at 12 percent and 12 percent maybe that seems high to you but that basically puts him right around a tie for like fifth or sixth highest on the slate at the running back position which is not that bad. So I do think that might, maybe even gets a little bit more shallow. The mid-range hollows out. Guys like Michael Carter, you can see on here, is an interest, not a yes, not a strong interest. But with Mike White starting, the mid-range will hollow out. I do think he's a little bit overpriced for the role Ty Johnson is having in that offense. Dearness Johnson is the final yes. I mean, obviously, he's a great play. This man absolutely dominated when we saw him on Thursday Night Football. And I was with Demetrius Felton playing about 30% of the snaps. Now he's going to be out. Dearness Johnson, as of this recording, was the only active running back on the roster. They might bring in Brian Hill for the day or whatever, right? He's going to get all the touches here. How does he bust, though? I mean, he's facing New England who can take away the run if they want to that's probably the main thing you want to take away if you're Bill Belichick and you can see Dearness Johnson have 16 carries for 74 yards and two catches for seven yards or something like that and not find the end zone and Dearness Johnson at $4,700 is sitting there with 10 fantasy points 11 fantasy points doesn't absolutely kill you but if he's going to be 30 40 percent owned it's not going to be great there are no viable pivots right now Alexander Madison could open up Zach Moss missed Wednesday with a concussion that could open up Devin Singletary as viable pivots at least the running back position we do have some viable pivots at the wide receiver position which we'll get into and the final running backs I mean the thing to talk about is just New England track New England on the opposite side of that game uh, both their running backs right now are in the concussion protocol and Stevenson and a Damian Harris if they were to both miss I think Brandon Bolden the veteran the guy that they trust who saw an increase in his touches last week eight carries and then still saw receptions I think that he would actually be the workhorse there ahead of I mean what's left in that roster JJ Taylor so that is where I'm at Cordell Patterson uh, DeAndre Swift those guys are options especially in runbacks Jonathan Taylor I think is a fine play I just really struggle to get to Jonathan Taylor I know how much he's dominating I know now he gets Jacksonville in this matchup as a 10 and a half point favorite uh, we'll see what the ownership is like right now he's picking up 15% ownership. So on that case is I'll take a lower owned Dalvin Cook, a lower owned Christian McCaffrey in that range, right? Or similarly on Najee Harris. It's just tough to get to Jonathan Taylor right now. He looks fine, 
him. It's just like you're not getting really any leverage on him or as good of a projection. So now let's slide to the most important position of the week, the wide receiver position. And it usually is most important just because there's so many options. You're stacking options. How are you going to pair them all up? You're going to go there in the flex, which a lot of the times that we do. And right up here, a little like button. Tap that bad boy. I appreciate you a ton. Be sure to check out Pat's video this week that I'm on his DraftKings video, Pat Mayo, that is going to be releasing by the time you're watching this. So be sure to check that out as well. So now let's transition into the wide receiver position. And there it is, beautiful people. So wide receiver position. Guys up top, we don't have to spend as much time on. Devontae Adams is basically a one-off option for you. He's currently picking up a good amount of ownership for me. I currently have him projecting out for 18% ownership. I do think that that drops as more and more people stack other games throughout the week. But he's a great run back option in Seattle. Not really stacking up the Packers too much. So I would expect to get maybe around I usually get like 15 to 20% Adams, depending on the week. The fact that his price point is now dropped from $9,000 a couple weeks ago to 7,900. And really the price point dropped in there because he had one bad game, then got COVID, then had Jordan Love in a game. So it was just like really one bad game at his price drop, $1,100. You can't blame him for missing with COVID. You can't knock his price for that at least. And then you can't blame him that he's playing with Jordan Love who couldn't complete a damn pass, right? Even on 14 targets to the guy. So I think he looks really good. I think Jefferson looks good primarily just in run backs of those charger stacks. Otherwise it's really difficult to not just go to Adams there. Jefferson though, as always, every single week, Jefferson's never owned. It was the first three weeks in Minnesota. The narrative is oh go pick up KJ Osborne play him as a cheap play then the next three weeks is oh Alexander Madison is going to start these weeks and maybe he'll start a third week right never the narrative is how good Justin Jefferson continues to play he is doing that I like Justin Jefferson this week especially in a game where they're two and a half point underdogs with a nice team total they will be throwing the ball Chris Godwin at $7,100 only this interest to me is if Antonio Brown is out if Antonio Brown is in then Antonio Brown and Mike Evans are my primary options in Tampa Bay Chris Godwin at his highest price point of the year with Antonio Brown back is going to take a step backwards for me as he will play a totally different role not on the outside as much in three wide receiver sets where Tyler Johnson transitioned into the slot, which gave these big plays down the field to Chris Goblin, where he can win on. Keenan Allen is probably my number one option in charger stacks, but I will say that like a 5% on Mike Williams at 6,600, cheaper now than Keenan Allen for the first time in weeks, is very, very appealing. But this matchup against Minnesota, I mean, you have a matchup for Tampa Bay against Washington, which is going to be the best matchup for their receivers, fantasy points to the wide receiver on the slate. And then you have this matchup right here for the Chargers versus Minnesota. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, both look like fantastic options this week. We get to the Cowboys receivers, and after the stinker last Last week, maybe people go away from him and just forget that CD Lamb was just dominating week in and week out before that, leading this team with 8.3 targets per game compared to Amari, if you see at the bottom of the screen, with 7.5 targets per game. I think they both look good. I think this is a fine week because Dak is not running as much due to injury and just in general, he's being more of a pocket passer. When you have a 32 team implied total and the team on the opposite side is expected to throw a lot to try and keep up, I think this is a completely fine week to go double stacks. Dak Prescott, CD Lamb, Amari Cooper. The price points are completely fair. CD Lamb is a fair price point at 7K. Then you get Amari. I think I said he was below 5, 6K. That was last week he's up now to 6200 from 57 last week if you want to stack just one of those receivers and stack that guy up with a Dalton Schultz I think that that's completely fine as well these guys are coming in with similar ownership right now I have Amari at 12% projected ownership and I have CeeDee Lamb at 10% projected ownership so it just depends on what the salary is if you need extra salary go to uh, Amari Cooper on those stacks if you want to play both I'm completely fine with it same can be said for Mike Evans I like Mike Evans a lot this week I think either way Mike Evans is going to be in my Tampa Bay stacks it's either going to be with Antonio Brown or it's going to be with Chris Godwin or maybe even Tyler Johnson I mean this matchup for Mike Evans is absolutely dominating. They're going to be in the red zone. There's not a single player in this Washington secondary that stands a chance guarding one-on-one -on -one in the red zone. Mike Evans, expect touchdowns. Deontay Johnson is the best wide receiver player on the slate this week. Expect high ownership. I have Deontay Johnson currently projecting out for 14% ownership, but now that the news that Chase Claypool is going to be week-to-week -week drop, meaning doubtful for this week, he looks great. I have Deontay Johnson projecting out for over 20 fantasy points. Based on my projection on Deontay Johnson, I have him for about $900 on their price. Reminder that we took the over 15 fantasy points on Deontay Johnson. Go ahead and get that. Again, I have him for over 20 fantasy points. The exact projection 
projection is 20.4. Currently the best wide receiver play on the slate for me. He's gone over that number in six out of seven games. He's averaging 9.9 targets per game and top five in the NFL in target share so far. I mean, there's so many crazy stats you can look at for how consistent this guy is. So far, he has seen every single game this year, at least 12.6 fantasy points. Every single game this year, at least 12.6 fantasy points. His floor is rock solid. Now there's no Juju. Now there's no Claypool, unlikely. Now there's maybe no Eric Ebron. Expect big things from Deontay Johnson. DK Metcalf, primarily, like this is the hard thing for this week. You have so many good receivers that are going to be loaned because there's just so many good receivers on the slate. There's just so many damn good receivers on the slate this week. So when you're looking at it, like Justin Jefferson is going to be loaned. Mike Williams is going to be loaned. DK Metcalf, as of right now, I currently have coming in at just 8% ownership. Like these three dudes can absolutely destroy the slate. So you can't go wrong. If you're telling me this week you can't find a leverage play, you're completely lying. You just don't want to get off of the plays that look really good because you heard seven other people talk about them in their content. Stick to the people. We're going to help you out the most. Myself, the Pat Mayo Show. Do what you got to do there, right? But that's what you have to do. You have to do that. You have to try and stick to your guns and not be swayed into, oh my God, but seven people talk about him. I can't, I can't not play uh, Devontae Adams. I can't not play Deontay Johnson. I'm telling you that they're great plays as well, but you need leverage plays in there. Justin Jefferson, Mike Williams, and DK Metcalf right now are looking like fantastic leverage plays for dudes who obviously, obviously have 30 point upside. We've literally seen it this year. Mike Williams is on there. We've said enough that we have to say about Mike Williams. Looks like a great leverage play. Tyler Lockett is on here as well. These rust stacks look really good. I prefer DK Metcalf in my rust stacks, but man, oh man, when is the last time we got all three of these guys in a $6,000 range? I, I don't know. They were in the 7K range all this year. They were in the 7K range most of last year for the first half. Maybe the second half they started to drop when the offense started to struggle. But I like this a whole lot. Slight underdogs with a 23-team implied total usually means good things for an offense. Some of the final yeses on here, and then we can talk about more interest. Pittman's on here. Just a, just a sound play. I mean, Pittman is not doing anything special in terms of his actual play. He's just really sound everywhere. He's sound after the catch. He's sound in the red zone. He's sound in yards per out run. He's not a lead in any of these metrics. He's not top 10 in any of these metrics. He's right around number 15 to 30 in all these metrics. He's just a very solid wide receiver and when you're doing that on the team where you don't have Paris Campbell uh, you have a banged up T.Y. Hilton and you're the clear alpha. Yeah, it's going to lead to a lot of good fantasy production. Pittman is picking up some ownership, but I have him as a good projection, 16.6 points right now. Talked about Amari Cooper. We talked about Antonio Brown at length. Antonio Brown is my primary option in those Tampa Bay stacks if he's active. We can talk about Cole Beasley here. I do have some concerns on Cole Beasley, and it mainly stems around Dawson Knox. If Dawson Knox does return, Beasley might not see the field as much, but it's hard for me to actually believe that. Like we saw that happen for two weeks. Dawson Knox was rolling. They were running these personnel sets with Dawson Knox in the slot and not Cole Beasley, and that does give me some concern but Cole Beasley week in and week out is just dominating and the price point's not coming up I mean this guy right now has seen 11 targets per game over those last three games without Dawson Knox before that he had his lowest snap counts in back-to-back weeks of his Buffalo Bills career so if Dawson Knox does return I don't think that they completely just take out Cole Beasley, but I do think they go back to some of these personnel sets that did help them with Dawson Knox in the slot, taking Cole Beasley off the field, which again, if the Jets go too high zones and all that, it's it's going to be tough to beat the zone without Cole Beasley on the field. He's like the exact definition of a zone buster. So just track that news. On the opposite side of that game for $400 left, I do like Jamison Crowder. You currently have Denzel Mims on the COVID list. You have the murky status. They're expecting him to return of Corey Davis. And a lot of people are going to go flock to Elijah Moore, who on Thursday night football and garbage time played well. That's completely fine if you want to go there. I do think Elijah more is talented. I do think maybe this could be the changing of the guard there as he ran ahead of Keelan Cole in that game, but he's not running ahead of Crowder. He's running on the outside. Crowder's still in the slot. Crowder has six plus targets in every single game very quietly this year. He had a nice connection for eight catches, 84 yards and nine targets with Mike White just a week and a half ago. So I think that there's an interesting thing here that if you are stacking Buffalo, I think Crowder's my favorite run back. Uh, I definitely is. He's $800 less than Michael Carter and not dealing with uh, a competition in Ty Johnson. It's just Crowder's roll out of the slot right now. I think he's a very strong option in run backs. He's probably my favorite option, but 
Cole Beasley gives me some pause, and I think that's why this whole Bills stack is giving me some pause. But at the same time, we don't want to overthink it. Beasley's seen 11 targets per game on average the last three games. I don't think they're going to completely factor him out just because Dawson Knox is back. And then per usual, there's a lot of other wide receivers. Like oh, overall right now, I have I only have 28 wide receivers listed. I'm going to get ownership to about that many or so, but there's a lot more that I like. Like I think AJ Brown is going to be solid leverage. The problem is I'll just take $7,700 Justin Jefferson up there. Same exact thing for Terry McLaurin. He's overpriced at $7,600, but he is obviously an option and I will get to him. Maybe not 15, 20%, but 10, 12% because he's going to be a run back in Tampa stacks. Steph Diggs, he's not going to be a screaming yes, but if you're playing Buffalo stacks, he's in there. If you're not playing Buffalo stacks, there's just a lot of other options in that range. Whether it is Keenan Allen, whether you go down to the cheaper range, whether it is Goblin and there's no Antonio Brown, obviously Adams and Jefferson up top. So I just can't say that in single spots where it's not Josh Allen in the lineup that I'm just getting out of my way to get to just Steph Diggs because I'm not. Adam Thielen, these, these are mainly like stacking pieces now, like Adam Thielen, Emmanuel Sanders. I will say this, Julio Jones is on this list. We talked about why we took the over 11 points on prize picks, Code Sal to go get that. Julio's been playing, basically playing hurt all year. There's two games where he hasn't. He ran 25 routes, and then the other game in week two, he ran 38 routes when they actually had to throw the ball from playing from behind, which they really haven't been playing all that much from behind the last three to four weeks. But in that game, he scored 22 points. And it looks like he's getting healthier and healthier. So I think Julio at $5,400, it it, it's time to start noticing this. Uh, it's not that he's just fallen off a cliff, in my opinion, based on watching the tape it's the fact that the game scripts are not in his favor when he's running 16 to 18 routes because they're winning by so much that's not going to help like your four or five targets on 16 to 18 routes is really good but it's just not enough volume right we're hoping that we get some of that volume this week other guys on here jerry judy we've talked about jerry judy at nauseum he looks to be the clear guy in this offense that looks really good sutton has only seen over his last three games 11 targets while judy over that time since returning 19 targets on 72 routes at the 26.4 percent rate that looks really good jarvis landry if he can see as an underdog in this game if he can start seeing some more volume on the season he's seen a 23 percent target share last week he saw about a 25 to 30 percent target share the problem is it's just leading to like five targets because they don't throw as much but landry could be pretty appealing as well and there's some of the final yeses on the screen russell gage i think is interesting jacoby myers is really interesting because the price is completely dropping he didn't run that many routes last week he only ended up running 19 routes because they were blowing out uh, the carolina panthers so bad but he's averaging 33 routes run per game he has a 24 and a half percent target share he now has a red zone target in six out of nine games this year so there's a little bit upside there and the re main reason that we're calling him out is this is a guy with a 24 and a half percent target share at $4,800. I mean, that's pretty damn good. He has the same price as Cole Beasley. So I think he'll go very, very low owned. And he's actually going to come into this game as a slight favorite, a one point favorite. But if Cleveland can take control, he might see a little bit more routes run. MVS, if you really want to punt in stacks and then Tyler Johnson, if there's no Antonio Brown, that's going to close it up for the wide receivers as we transition now into the tight end position. If you're not already a Patreon member, thousand plus members down below, uh, projections, rankings, ownership, the optimizer, the game by game notes for every single game to let you know about every single matchup. The ownership alone is worth it, right? Then you get the Discord with 1,000 plus people. You get the optimizers for not just NFL, but NBA, uh, PGA, MMA, all that type of stuff. Check it all out, all the tools down below. Become a Patreon member, 1,000 plus members, a beautiful family that we are growing. Come on in. If you want to win Dollaruskis finally, if you want to stop losing your Dollaruskis, maybe it's entertainment for you, but if you actually want to stop losing the Dollaruskis, come on in, increase your chances. Tight end this week, I feel pretty good about. I, I think that there's no clear cut tight end option. I think a lot of them are going to be stack based, like a Kyle Pitts who struggled the last two weeks, right? Because he's facing cornerback Stefan Gilmore, Marshawn Lattimore. I think he's stack based mainly, especially at his price point and runbacks of Dallas. I think Hawkinson is very quietly, especially with them coming off the bye, very quietly been somewhat forgotten about. I mean, Hawkinson right now has seen a 22% target share on eight targets per game this year. That's very good. And he has averaged 10 targets per game over his last three games with 15, 11, and 19 DraftKings points. So that also feels very good. He is going to be somebody I don't really expect to stack up Pittsburgh. So he's going to be somebody that I wish I probably get more of than I actually will. But if you are stacking up Pittsburgh, looks like my, in my opinion, my favorite runback. Dallas with Dalton Schultz. Dalton Schultz continues to look really good. I mean, last week was the Dallas Cowboys coming off the bye and yeah Dalton Schultz without Blake Jarwin for the first time this season he's seen five plus targets in all but one game and last week without Blake Jarwin he ran a season high 
10 of the snaps, ran a season-high 37 routes. Part of that is because they're trailing by 30, or 30 right, at one point. And that's with no Blake Jarwin. They like him a lot. There's obviously touchdown upside, even two touchdown upside here. I like Dalton Schultz. Dallas Goddard, you've seen Jalen Hurts throw 14 and 17 times over the last two weeks. Goddard is eventually, he's eventually going to become a massive piece and have a massive day in fantasy. I mean, Dallas Goddard has seen on 31 attempts in the last two weeks, not just last week, Jalen Hurts, 31 attempts. Dallas Goddard has seen 13 targets on those. He is absolutely looking his way almost every single time. So Dallas Goddard now, this price tag of 4,700 with the price point dropping. If in one of these weeks, they finally don't have success running the ball, as in this week, it probably will indicate with them being three-point underdogs, Dallas Goddard, if they start throwing the ball instead of 14, 17 times, it's now 28, 30 times. Goddard is now looking really nice for a 10-plus target game at the tight end position, and that's looking great. Zach Ertz is on here as a yes. That's a complete mistake. He's supposed to be a no. I must have accidentally put him on there as a yes instead of somebody else. We scroll down. If Dawson Knox is in, I like him because he's just a cheap option, another cheap option in Buffalo stacks. It makes it really easy to go Steph Diggs and Dawson Knox, get away from really chalky Cole Beasley, and also get a tight end into your stack. And then you can run it back with Crowder. Now you have a really cheap stack and you get Dearness Johnson. Now you can just pay up everywhere else. Go get Adams. Go get McCaffrey, whatever you want, right? Uh, we keep going down. You can track Rob Gronkowski's status. No font back. Cancels out Mr. Albert O. And this is actually the guy that I want to put as a yes. It was Dan Arnold. So I, I meant to put Dan Arnold as a yes. I mean, the guy right now is averaging seven targets per game at the tight end position. He is one target behind Jamal Agnew since the last four weeks of this injury of uh, DJ Shark in the offense. He's basically been like the favorite target, seven and a half targets per game. I said seven in four full games, 10 fantasy points in three out of four games so far with this team. He's the number two tight end in targets per snap. So he's actually generating a lot of usage and getting open. I like Dan Arnold a lot this week. Uh, keep in mind, Logan Thomas and Ricky Seals-Jones, they're both on here, whichever one starts. Logan Thomas, as of Wednesday, was still feeling sore and not practicing. If he's not off the IR, we go right back to Ricky Seals-Jones at 3,700. Tyler Conklin, very cheap way if you're going Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams stacks, and you want to run it back with a Jefferson even then. Very cheap way to get another, some salary relief and correlation and increased correlation with a Tyler Conklin, who Tyler Conklin quietly, I mean, Dan Arnold has been playing well and people know that. Tyler Conklin also quietly, 19 targets in his last three games. That's almost seven targets per game right there. And he's averaging 10 fantasy points per game in his last three games with an 83% snap rate during that time. And the final guy that I'll talk about is actually another guy that I'm going to make a yes, and it's the Penn State's own. It, it does look like that you might get Eric Ebron back this week, but the fact that Chase Claypool is now ruled out, Pat Frymuth has to be a yes. In his last three games, he's averaging 23 routes per game, 6.7 targets per game, and 16.2 fantasy points per game. The last two weeks, he's been the tight end one last week and the tight end three. Obviously, this has been touchdown dependent, but that's a tight end position in general. If you're not scoring a touchdown and you're not Darren Waller or Travis Kelsey, and this year, neither of those guys so far, you're probably not going to produce that much. But Pat Frymuth at this price tag of 3900 looked good before the Chase Claypool news, and now with Chase Claypool week to week, Pat Frymuth looks very, very good. I don't even care if Eric Ebron is out. He looks to have the role in this offense, and he's going to be split out into the slot a lot more with Chase Claypool out this week, in my opinion. So I think that Pat Frymuth, Dan Arnold, all the nice punt options and pay down options if you're looking for them, guys who will not pick up as much ownership as they should, but are going to look good because of their price tags, probably, in my opinion, Dalton Schultz this week and some Dallas Goddard. But tight end looks great. I mean, it's just really easy. It's just put tight ends in your stacks this week, make it a lot easier to get to the guys that you want. I appreciate you all tuning into this video. Cheers to all of you. Cheers to the coffee right here. We're going to have the That One Dude video tomorrow. We're going to also have the Sunday live stream on Sunday, Patreon closing thoughts in the morning. Hey, Take the overs on Deontay Johnson. That is the best over fantasy points out there. Take the over 11 points on Julio. Appreciate you all a ton for tuning in. Come and join the community on Patreon. Thousand plus members. Come on in. We'll welcome you in the Discord. Talking schmacks all day. Talking advantages all day. Talking dollar whiskeys for days. Dollar whiskeys for days in the Discord chat on the Patreon community. Sign up. Get in down below. I'll see you when I see you, gang. Check out that Pat Mayo experience. I haven't even done yet. I'm about to do it after this. So hopefully I don't, hopefully I don't get myself canceled. Hopefully I don't make a fool. Act a fool. I'm definitely going to act a fool, not make a fool. Act a fool. Check it out. Enjoy the rest of your day. Enjoy the start of your weekend. Appreciate you all a ton. And I'll see you in the next one.